This week on Another Brother. A, a hunter just comes and jumps on your face or, yeah. or a smoker, smoker grabs you. Uh-huh, oh and you're gosh. being dragged away and your teammates don't know about it. It's hard to understand a lot of petroglyph carvings, yeah. I think, today. Yeah. What they were going for. I mean, I can't look at modern art and be like, I know what this is. <laughs> <laughs> what ultimately draws me to the discussion of Canyonlands, though, are a number of likenesses with our favorite ranch. Brother over here, brother over there, brother everywhere. So today I got home from work, or tonight, I guess, and so Dawn is in, like, preschool, right? Yeah. And she's doing, they do dance and gymnastics, and then I guess they're also doing a, um, they're going to be singing and performing, I think, yeah, in a few weeks. Anyway, so I come home to Dawn singing this song. And this is like the fourth rendition of it, but I finally recorded it and it goes something like this. Went through the man, my witches brew. I got magic. <laughs> oh, yeah. We're going to do to you. Boo. We're going to do to you. Boo. What we're going to do to you. Boo. <laughs> And Ominous. the whole times, the whole time she's pantomiming like a witch, stirring a brew, with her eyes squeezed shut, <laughs> and then when it comes up to the boo, you know she goes boo with her hands and her eyes fly open, and she just kept trying to scare us and it was getting really obnoxious. <laughs> <laughs> so finally, I took the hint actually from one another thing she did, started talking to her about ice cream and chocolate and. Okay. And asking her if she likes marshmallows. And she's like, yeah, yeah, dad. And she kept getting closer and closer. And then I slowly trailed off and went, boo. <laughs> and uh, she jumped. And then she very quickly collected herself. She said, I didn't jump. I was just cold. That was a shiver. <laughs> and then Shane is like, why did you jump? She's like, no, mom, I was cold. She's like so against being scared of things, you uh -huh. know. She covers every single time. She's a big girl. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny. Like, got her. <laughs> Get her next time too. Anyway, that was it. Okay. <laughs> I'm sure Shane will be less than happy with how I told that, but <laughs> I can scare the boys all the time. They're easy. Not can, I do. I can't. I just make her cold, I guess. <laughs> and if we sound muffled it's because we all have masks on tonight because two of us are sick tis the season and it's kind of making me feel lethargic okay having, just the, having mask the mask on? on yeah i think it's the warmth of it in uh, my face i'm just mm. like oh <laughs> yeah imagine going to school oh my like gosh <laughs> trying to learn yeah exactly it's reminding me of the height of the pandemic oh those were scary times. Halloween's got nothing on that. Yeah. Hopefully it doesn't come back again. Halloween? <laughs> no, <laughs> Halloween I want. <laughs> well, I was thinking, 
because I know it was put out there that we would talk about our f- favorite scary movie or uh-huh. game. Uh-huh. I honestly have more scary games I've watched than, or played than movies. So I want. I had a game I wanted to talk about. Okay. I don't know about you guys, or if that fits with with what you have going yeah, on. Yeah. Go ahead. Sure. And I don't know if either of you have played this. Have you played Prey? P R E Y no. Prey. I think I played a little bit of played not Prey. <laughs> <laughs> I think I played a little bit of the original one from '06. I think. Yeah, but I think they've recently done like a reboot, and it. It's called Prey. Yeah. So I haven't played that one. Okay. The, like the cover art's got like a little girl back turned to you. Maybe mm-hmm. like weird digital distortion of the word Prey. Yeah. And she's yeah. got like a teddy scary bear? powers. Okay. Oh, oh yeah. is that what it's about? I forgot about that one. Yeah. So yeah. So this is, this one was, the one I'm talking about is the, it's like the re- reimagined Prey huh. from 06. And this was, this one was produced in 2017. Hmm. And it's Arcane Studios was the developer. Huh. And then Bethesda was the producer or distributor, mm. however you say it. And there will be spoilers. So anyone listening to this, if you don't want spoilers, spoiler alert. Um, just go ahead and stop listening now. But that game is so freaking cool. And it's like a sci-fi horror, but not like oh, what was that space? Dead space. Ba- Dead space. Dead space. Yeah. It's it's more less jump scary, I guess. Mm. Less like ultimate, like foreboding, like around every single corner. So basically, it's so cool because you start off the game playing a lie. Playing a lie. You're playing a lie. So you think think you've been convinced by your older brother to join the family's business in the space station that's orbiting the moon. To help the company do its research because you're like all brilliant people. Okay. And so hmm. you're like, uh, you're in like New York City or something in your apartment that your you know family owns and you're going through these initial tests to like determine, to determine your fitness, your, your ability to go into outer space. Okay. But during these tests, things start breaking and not working correctly. And then some like insidious kind of shadowy alien thing starts killing the uh, scientists and researchers who are supposedly testing you. And then you like black out, you get attacked yourself and then someone rescues you, but you black out and you wake up and you're in your apartment again to these voice messages and emails from your brother saying, Hey, so excited that you're going to be out here. We've just got some tests for you to do. And it just kind of goes on a loop. And as a player, you're just like, what is going on? Like, uh-huh. I am so disconnected from what is happening, what this game is. And then I remember when I played it first, I just got fed up and I was in the apartment. I just started picking things up and I like threw it at the sliding door, <laughs> the back sliding door of my apartment where I'm looking over the city uh-huh. and it breaks and there's an office behind it. And you walk out of your apartment uh-huh. and you realize you're in a studio. And this whole thing is a lie. Truman Show. And you're actually already on the space station. Right. And then very quickly, this like AI companion robot finds you and claims that you programmed it to help you destroy the space station. Because what had happened was this alien race had broken confinement and had slaughtered like the majority of the humans on the space station. 
And so before you had, you lost your memories and stuff, you had programmed this AI assistant to help you remember that and get to the point where you can ultimately make the choice to destroy the space station. And it's just everything about it. You're like, all these little things are just unfolding, but it immediately sows doubt. Mm -hmm. Because then your brother will like come in over the loudspeakers of the space station to try to talk sense into you. And try to be like, what are you doing? Uh, I'm going to send some people to go, like, to go find you and bring them, bring you to me so we can talk. And you are just, everything is so suspicious. It's like, you don't trust your brother. You don't really trust this AI assistant either. You have no idea what's going on as you're playing. And you're just slowly figuring it out. And all the while, there's this, like, alien, shadowy, shifty menace that's just lurking everywhere. And it is so cool. It's like an alternate history, too. So JFK never gets assassinated. And what actually happens is the Soviets discover these alien, this alien race called the Typhon. And they imprison it on a satellite orbiting this, the moon. This is nothing like the original. It's a, it's a re- <laughs> Yeah, quote, reimagine. Reimagine. And, uh, and then I guess this, so the U.S. and the Soviets partner up to try to confine this alien species and they create this like orbiting prison basically and then the Soviets attempt to assassinate JFK he survives and because he he survives and he figures out the Soviet had something to do with it they kick him out of the space station so now this is a solely US satellite and then eventually it goes into the hands of corporations who build this prison into a massive corporate space station for the purpose of research and development. And they're basically able to like harvest this psycho energy from the aliens to create these things called neuromods, which basically you install it as a human, you install it in your brain. It's like an injection. And then you instantly learn a skill. Or knowledge or something. So in the game, you learn it to learn like a bunch of like telekinesis type stuff or just to be faster, stronger, like the whole kind of RPG skill tree type Mm -hmm. thing. So you get like super buff, crazy telekinetic powers and stuff. I don't know. It's just a blast. And it is pretty frightening because like... (laughs) That's what I was going to ask. What's the scary... The aliens are super OP at the beginning. And then as you progress, even though you're getting stronger, you, you... unlock additional alien species that are still more OP than you. And just the the lighting, the sound, like, it's just scary. Hmm. These things can just wreck you at any moment. And the whole time, you're still slowly figuring out what actually happened. Mm. So none of this comes out, like, immediately. You're just slowly unraveling the mystery of this place and the history behind it. And then, ultimately, you're faced with, like, a decision to basically either trust your brother or not to either destroy the space station or not. And then you meet some people who are still alive and you have to figure out if you're going to help them or not. And then people have gone crazy on the space station. So you're dealing with like absolute nut jobs as well. Mm. And just this underlying, just this sci-fi creepiness. Um, You go into like null gravity to transit through certain parts of the space station and you can't really control yourself that well and you just feel so vulnerable. Hmm. I don't know. It was, it's scary. I like to play it in the dark. <laughs> Even now, like I'm yeah. pretty good at it, but I'm just like, ah! I don't think I could do it. 
I have a harder time with scary games than with scary movies, without a doubt. Just because you get into it? Because I have to make all the choices. Right. I don't sit there and watch someone else be the dummy that gets himself killed. I am the dummy that gets yeah. himself killed. <laughs> well, this game, like, and you start off and you have very little information. Right. And, you're, and they're just, basically, it's like, okay, uh, explore the space station. And you're like, uh, <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What's the PC game you have, Alex? Uh, man. You wake up like in a castle. Uh, yeah. Amnesia. Dark Descent. Yeah. yeah. Amnesia, Amnesia Dark, Dark, Dark Descent. Descent. Yeah. So it's at least not like that where in Amnesia you are 100% completely helpless against whatever it is pursuing you. You just run away. Like right. you have no defense, you have no attack. Well, even with Dead Space, I've never beaten it. Not even close. Not even close. Because I can't handle being in control of the scary. Like, I have to beat all the scary stuff instead of just... It's like, I have too much control. I don't want that much yeah. control. <laughs> yeah, in this game, you you start off with, like, some weaponry. And, in fact, when you head to your executive, your C-suite, uh, your actual office on the space station, you've got this, like, automatic turret thing. Or two of them that you can pull up and put down and to protect you. And, and you can manufacture additional weapons. You, like, gain blueprints as you play. Mm. For, like, different health packs and stim packs and weaponry and bullets and stuff. So, yeah, it, it, the game arms you really well. Right. But even then, there's just situations where you're, like, you're just freaked out. It does a great job. It's a great balance to game. Yeah. Aside from, I guess, maybe Phasmophobia, the last scary game that I really played was the original Resident Evil. Original? I can't the think original. of a time when I've played that. I haven't well, really played any of them. I played it at Mike's house next door. Oh. On their PlayStation. Uh, I have played... Wait, you mean it's been that long? Yeah, I don't... <laughs> I don't like scary games. Well, you've played Amnesia, though. Yeah, I guess, but I've never even come close to beating that one either. Sure, sure. I get like played it two hours in max, and that's oh. it. Well, that yeah, that one's just so hard, though. Like I remember thinking that Minecraft was really scary <laughs> once upon a time. No, I I did too. <laughs> I think the it, survival, yeah, aspect of it, yeah. But also just the sound of the zombies used to be oh, yeah. kind of scary and you never know when a creeper is just going to explode you. <laughs> yeah. It took me forever, like years to finally like really give Minecraft a hard, like a try because uh -huh. I was freaked out at night. <laughs> yeah. And I wasn't like smart enough or patient enough, I guess, like build a dirt hut and just wait. What? Mm. Yeah. It took me forever. <laughs> you ran around at night? Oh yeah. Trying originally. To, trying just not to die. Wow. Yeah. Okay. That's horrible with that game. <laughs> but also, have you guys played like Resident Evil 7? Uh, is that the, or the demo? Um, it's called Beginning Hour. It is? might just be the demo of it. Is it the one with the vampires? I don't think so. Lady Dimitrescu? No, no, no. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah, the giant vampire. I know about, I know about her. Was that is that eight then? <laughs> that must be eight. They're on eight already? Holy crap. So seven is you at least the I've only played the demo. You start in this like farmhouse and it's all you're just confined to this decrepit, decaying farmhouse. Right. 
Yeah, I've seen I've seen videos of it. Yeah. No, I have not. Those games. I have. Number four is the last one of those games I tried to play on the Wii. I don't like third person perspective. I hate over the shoulder and even the one Alex, you did. Oh yeah, yeah, on the Wii. You had one on the Wii. Yeah. The controls. I don't know. Just something about the controls. Outside of the third person perspective. I didn't like the way it moved. Controlled. I can be okay with third person, but yeah, the way they make you move in in those games, it's just very so slow. tanky and slow. Yeah. And I, I need mean, agility. That's the last thing you want. Me. Yes, exactly. It's so annoying. And you have to, like, this is going to sound really stupid to people that really like, <laughs> like horror survival games, but you have to conserve bullets so carefully in in those games too Uh, you do yeah that's so true unlike left for dead right (laughs) which was another game we've played which i can't say is scary though i don't know i think the first time the first few times i played i was scared in the beginning it was yeah 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 oh yeah the first experiences when you know like you don't know about any of the op yeah you don't know what to expect yeah like a hunter just comes and jumps on your face or, yeah. or a smoker, smoker grabs you. Uh-huh. Oh you're gosh. being dragged away and your teammates don't know about it. Yeah. <sighs> what about the forest? No, I never did play that one. You didn't? I bought that one. I think that? they're making a, a yeah. sequel. It, oh, really? Did yeah. they ever fix the first one? Yeah, I have no idea. <laughs> exactly. I, I played a few times, but it was just so it was really far buggy. from being alpha that yeah. I just stopped. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, the the concept, I, I love the concept. Mm-hmm. And I know a lot of other games have tried to implement a similar play style. But there's just something about crash landing, surviving, but then knowing that there's like cannibals on the island <laughs> trying right. to eat you. And you have to hurry and create yeah. protection or shelter. I loved that. I liked that one a lot. But it was so buggy. It was, yeah, it was bad. The game that you were bringing to mind for me, another game I haven't played because it's scary, it's called Outlast. I've seen it. That's the one it. where the entire perspective of the game is basically IR camera. It's that green. Oh. Because you're in an abandoned, supposedly, insane asylum full of murderers oh, that geez. are oh. like really messed up and you have to survive. This is another pure survival, right? You're just running away. And yeah, it's not a survivor game in the sense that the forest is where you're like crafting and stuff like that. but. Yeah, it's just You're running, running and yes. surviving for as long as you yeah, can. Yeah, that one looks sneaking, looking, waiting for your time. Can't do it. Ugh. Or Alien Isolation. That was the other one oh, yeah. that you made me think of. Alien Isolation. Where there's one of the xenomorph aliens from Alien on this station that you're there to fix, figure out. I, I don't know what you're doing there. And it one-shots you. Like there, You cannot fight that thing. So you have to be sneaking around all the time. It's uh, see my my problem mm. is that I'm not I'm not good enough for those games to be fun. Like I can't mm. play long enough right to get the to skills. get enjoyment out of it. Right? Yeah. yeah. Right. Like if I can die that quickly, I am going to die that quickly, and I, that's not fun. The very first scary game I ever remember playing, which is still one of my all time favorites, was the GameCube. Uh, we I think we mentioned it. it in earlier Eternal episode Darkness. too. Eternal yeah, Darkness. There it is. Requiem's Sanity or something. Yeah. Sanity's Requiem. Sanity's Requiem. Just the way, I think the novel thing about that game for me was the way it played with your mind. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And like, it was so good at like showing the tricks on your mind. 
And it just wouldn't work today in the same way anymore. Like it basically, didn't it like basically blue screen of death at one point to make you think, oh, I just broke the game. (laughs) But it was part of the game and you're like, wait, am I going? Like it actually made you feel like you were going crazy. (laughs) I don't remember that. (laughs) So that's a great point. I don't remember the blue screen of death type uh, glitch thing. But I do remember, like, you go, you're walking around the house, you go through every single room, and then, like, some event happens, and the only thing you have left to do is go through the room the room some more, and you go back into, like, the, the parlor with the piano in it, and this time, there's, like, a shadow of a body, or maybe you see, like, legs or something hmm. hanging from the rafters above the piano, and you're like, wait, what? Was that there before? And like just all these little things, you're like, I swear, I don't remember this. Hmm. And then the phone rings, or someone starts banging on the door, and then you like your character like jogs out of it. You're like, oh, I'm not crazy. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, so that made me think of a Silent Hill game that was on the Wii. Of all systems, it was on the Wii, and mm-hmm. only on the Wii. I don't know why. Silent Hill is a classic horror series of games, though. Mm-hmm. So don't know that I've actually played any of I them. haven't. Nope. I think, the, wait, does it have the arcade shooters? Is that, is, are those Silent, Silent Hill ones? Hill might have an arcade. No. No, that's uh, House of the Dead. How, oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. But, yeah, these are the, the, this is the series of games that invented Pyramid Head. If you've ever seen him, he's like yeah. this shirtless guy with a, a butcher's, uh, what do you call it? Cleaver? Actually, never mind. I don't know. He's, he's shirtless and he's got this weird pyramid that comes way out into a point, like a yard from the front of his where his face would be, if that's like a that mask he's wearing. Familiar. Giant freaking sword type butcher's knife thing. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, this Wii one I don't think had pyramid head in it. <laughs> I don't know. But you start the game in a therapy session with a psychologist or psychiatrist, I don't know which, and you fill out a questionnaire of just seemingly random questions. But the game actually changes subtle details based on your answers to those questions to make the game scarier for you. Nice. Specifically. So if you you actually answer it like somewhat honestly. Yeah. 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 Oh, that's crazy. Like, it'll change the color of some things here and there. Mm. I guess that will be scarier to you. They'll, like, they'll, like, sexualize certain things. That's a series that isn't afraid to mix that into horror for some huh. reason. Kind of gross. I never played it, and I don't know why I should have played that. <laughs> Probably because of all the sexy fish swimming around. <laughs> <laughs> fish? I don't know. <laughs> I don't understand what this would be. No, like, I don't know like either. the series is also known for, like, these weird nurse ladies that have bandages wrapped all over their face so they didn't have to like model a face (laughs) good move yeah (laughs) but like basically their head is a mummy and everything else is just weird janky almost zombie like but shapely woman (laughs) at the same time (laughs) weird yeah like short skirt halloween costume nurse oh but like i'm gonna rip your face off but yeah they they kill you yeah (laughs) interesting yeah, nope, never played those. <laughs> <laughs> nope. Well, they have a new song. 
I don't really know what it is, but it's like live streaming thing. It's Silent Hill, but it's live streamed and you watch it, but you can also make decisions that shape the outcome somehow. That kind of... So it's more of a viewing experience than I guess so, yeah. It's called Silent Hill Ascension, I think? Huh. Or something like that. It kind of makes me think of that Netflix um, Bandersnatch. Oh, yeah. Remember that? Yeah. Didn't watch it. It's, I mean... I've done the... Bear Grylls, choose your own adventure. Right. <laughs> yeah. Similar. I, I wasn't impressed. I think in the first few like choices, I'm like, oh, this is kind of cool. And then after a while, I'm like, the story's not that engaging. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I don't like doing that. It, it takes me out of right the entertainment. But Well, maybe I can give you a story that's a little bit more engaging. Are you curious about the world around you? Do you question why mysterious things happen? Join us, and perhaps you will be surprised by this totally solved mystery. Happy Halloween, brothers. I realize that you may not be listening to this on Halloween proper, given that this episode will be released a few days beforehand. But this is a holiday that the three of us love. So I felt a certain amount of anxiety to make this a good one. This particular segment started with a story about fear that I found and liked. It seemed appropriate for the holiday, you know, fear, scary Mm -hmm. stuff. And I thought I'd take a little different approach to it, a certain type of fear that this person felt. But what I didn't expect was that I would be taken down a path to another topic near and dear to us and the podcast. But don't make any rash decisions about what that might be based on the next sentence. I want to talk about Canyonlands National Park. Canyonlands is a park in southern Utah near the more famous Arches National Park. At 527 square miles, or 1,366 square kilometers, there's a ton of space for a large array of interesting geological and historical features, such as Mesa Arch, the infamous Delicate Arch, Uh the Black Crack, Dead Horse Point, (laughs) oh boy, and the Great Gallery. I wish I could go into all of these different super cool spots, but just know that this is a diverse and beautiful patch of wilderness that can be quite dangerous. If you're not prepared, you will die on the park grounds. In fact, people die at Canyonlands all the time. I'm not saying there's an unusual number of deaths at Canyonlands, 
But I have seen official reports that report a number of suicide attempts and accidents that have led to quite a few deaths over the years. Mm. What ultimately draws me to the discussion of Canyonlands, though, are a number of likenesses with our favorite ranch. Oh, hmm. dude ranch. <laughs> Skinwalker ranch. <laughs> Don't say it out loud. I can hear you. Oh, right. Crap. Uh, some of the following information I was unable to corroborate with firsthand reporting. Before getting into any detail on these points, though, I want to outline the various points of similarity between Canyonlands and Skinwalker Ranch. EM interference. Mm-hmm. Time slippage. Mm. Oh, yeah. Evidence of an ancient meteorite impact. Mm-hmm. Tribal petroglyphs. Mm-hmm. Skinwalker sightings. Feelings of being watched. Yeah. And inexplicable and intense feelings of danger. Oh, yeah. Do you remember? Did did that come out in the show much? I don't know if it did, but there's lots of accounts from Skinwalker Ranch from like the Bigelow, Mm -hmm. like George Knapp's books and recountings from the Bigelow era of these guys just having intense bouts of extreme fear of mortal danger right with hmm. zero explanation of why mm-hmm. until they keep doing what they've been doing and then right. they get more direct messages hmm. interesting yeah i'd yeah. say only really thomas showed that in the show but because he was actually experiencing physical pain yeah this that's is a like, little different yeah this was different this thomas was like paranoia yeah like the marine walking former marine right walking his route and then just, just su- sudden dread, hmm. like his life is in absolute danger without having observed or seen anything to make him feel that way. Yeah, oh, I forgot about that. So I've seen mention in a number of articles online, none of which were of particularly great journalistic standards, <laughs> that there have been reports of EM interference and time slipping at Canyonlands. That one's a big claim. I know. Unfortunately, I can't find any details about the EM interference or any reports. Only these websites that say, oh, yeah, at Canyonlands, you can find stories of this and that. But I can't find those stories. <laughs> but that kind of makes sense that those two would go hand in hand, potentially. Sure. Because the time slippage is a GPS thing. And well, so if you're affecting a GPS that, receiver. Unlike the GPS-based time slips uh, that we've seen take place at the ranch. The time slippage I've seen mentioned as taking place at Canyonlands are all experienced by people directly. Uh, Okay, like a cognitive time slip. It has been described as people feeling like they get stuck in a loop, reliving the same events repeatedly for a period of time. Now that's the good stuff. So so like extreme deja vu? I don't know. Because again... This, it's just on this website that's like, yeah, you can find stories of this happening, but I can't find those stories. <laughs> I don't know where they're looking. No, they're saying, you can do it. <laughs> <laughs> if you believe. You can you find can them. Find it. <laughs> the next point on the list, though, is one of some debate. In season two of The Secret of Skinwalker Ranch, Travis says that there's gilsonite all over the area where you can find the ranch. 
And gilsonite typically only shows up in impact craters. Mm-hmm. What I've been able to find is that gilsonite is, to oversimplify things, a solidified form of petroleum that does seem to require some amount of pressure in its formation. Travis says that there are some researchers that are beginning to hypothesize that petroleum is created through impacts, but for him to say that the Uinta Basin is an impact crater because of the gilsonite and because of topography that could be explained by an impact is a bit of a stretch. Mm. Scientists in general do not believe Wasatch Basin was formed by an impact. However, I (laughs) (laughs) I think he probably has more understanding of this new petroleum research than the average Joe. So I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt on that one. He's extremely educated and well-connected in the academic areas of science. Though it's true, he's not a geologist. Right, he's not. But he's also a physicist. And, you know, you need a certain amount of physicist in your geology when it comes to this sort of thing, too. When I saw them discussing the topography as a point of evidence. Yeah. I think I remember them making a claim like based on similar topologies of known meteor impact sides uh-huh. that it, there's so many similarities to them. There are, yeah. Um, but they were doing their due diligence. Yeah. If you look at the Uinta Basin on Google Maps, if that was an impact crater, it's the weirdest impact crater you can <laughs> That's why the see. weirdest stuff is happening there. <laughs> but like, it's not circular. Right. It's ellipsoid two Which, impacts at the same time well maybe i i thought that meant like the angle of incidence was a lot steeper than than normal mm. in which case you'd have a real abrupt divot where it, it initially makes impact and then it would and we don't have that interesting spaceship landing it doesn't really look like one to me but you know mm. it's I'm a red herring with the masonite or but, what Gason? Okay. what what? Hmm? Gilsonite. Gilsonite. Gilsonite, yeah. Which is what they use for like insulation fiber, right? Uh, it's mostly used in asphalt. <laughs> it's an additive Petroleum. to plasticize hmm. it. I don't remember what it's for. But one of the more interesting spots in Canyonlands is called Upheaval Dome. The current prevailing theory is that this crater is is from a meteorite impact, though previous research originally believed it was a salt dome which is this phenomenon where less dense salt, just a giant patch of salt, pushes its way up through denser rock and soil. And this does happen. This is something that happens around around the planet. Yeah. But there are bands of rock within the wall of the crater whose formation require an amount of pressure that's consistent with an impact. Mm -hmm. So right now they believe it's a meteorite. There are many petroglyph sites at Canyonlands, many more than at the ranch. And there are a growing number of people who believe these petroglyphs are proof of ancient alien interaction. Hmm. There's some pretty weird stuff, but I mean, it's it's hard to understand a lot of petroglyph carvings, I think, today. Yeah. What they were going for. I mean, I can't look at modern art and be like, I know what this is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I've heard there's a guy out there on YouTube, can't think of his name, who he's a 
native tribal gentleman. Can't think of what tribe either. Okay. But he's done a lot of his own research. Those are air quotes. Cause I just okay. I just don't know. Don't know enough to believe. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Where he feels like he's totally deciphered like all of these native people's sites to include like the stone circles and stone spirals and their petroglyphs and that basically the native peoples of North and South America have created this like massive multi-continental like trade map basically on the land to identify which tribe owns what area so everyone would know Hmm. Friendly, what not to mess with, where or who to trade with, and how, and interesting bunch of that stuff. So, which I kind of like that. I kind of like that theory. I mean, it's not illogical, right? Yeah, and it it even though I love aliens, right? Yeah, <laughs> I love <laughs> I love them. Uh, I also really like the the theory of attributing lots of intelligence and critical thinking and logic to the native people sure right that's all that's almost like equally enticing to me to yeah. like, man how did they do that that they were yeah. if this whole that structure is their civilization but yeah. i mean even just things simpler things like the nazca lines how the freak did they pull those off <laughs> i don't know well i mean you I have know. to based on that alone give them some credit <laughs> right. yeah for being smarter than we understand mm-hmm. yeah even if they did have a weird base 20 counting system <laughs> i <laughs> don't even 20? understand yeah So before you like get to our version of 10, where you like flip things over in your mind to do another 10, you count with all fingers and all toes. Oh, yeah. (laughs) So it's base 20 counting. Oh, yeah. You can count up. Was this a Joe Rogan podcast? Maybe. I don't know. I don't know. If you use each digit. Oh, boy. There's a someone. Yeah. Some people have some people's. I can't articulate my fingers that way. Yeah. And then they become multiplicatives. It's like when this is down, it's like, oh, uh, wow. interesting. Your hands become an abacus. Yep. And so you can. That's make, pretty cool. That's actually you, really cool. Communicate yeah. like com- really complex pricing schemes to people. Just huh. by like, yeah. Wow. Sweet. Anyway. Dang. Okay. I was able to find one Reddit commenter <laughs> commenting on a story I'm going to read tonight that they have seen skinwalkers in Canyonlands. They don't go into much depth, unfortunately. It's a very short comment. But they said they were deer shifters. So instead of turning into wolf-like creatures, they turn into deer-like creatures. Now, for the last two points on the list, I have some stories to share from Reddit. First-hand accounts that I'm going to read, mostly as written, but I'll be making slight edits for clarity, even though they're going to be infrequent and minor. And before I get started with these, just know that I'm saving the best one for last. The first one comes from the Ghosts subreddit, and the post is called Encountering a Ghost in Canyonlands National Park. Ghosts, have you ever encountered them in your bicycle travels? People often ask me. (laughs) Really? (laughs) Uh. (laughs) 
First of all, who calls it bicycle travels? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure English is this person's first language. Okay. I needed to do the most editing on this one. All right. Yes. Once in the Canyonlands National Park in the U.S. It was 4 o'clock a.m. The air was still and the Mesa Arch held a deafening silence. I was taking photos of the arch against the starry sky. All of a sudden, the silence broke with the sound of a stone falling behind me. I looked around with a headlamp, but there was nothing. As I resumed taking pictures, I heard two objects dropping. The same thing happened a few more times, but I couldn't see anyone. Suddenly, I heard an eerie yell. A current ran through my body. I turned around and spotted a white, human-like figure next to a giant boulder. The moment my headlight bounced off it, it slipped behind the rock, but only partially. Hey, I can see you. Stop pranking me, I shouted a couple of times. I can see you. In return, I only heard my echo. I could observe the lower part of the figure for a few seconds. After that, it disappeared behind the rock. I left the camera on the ground and scrambled to the scene, but there was nothing. Only rocks and shrubs. I couldn't see or hear anyone fleeing either. For the next hour, I couldn't take pictures. I just sat down with my headlamp turned on. My hands clasped the camera and the tripod as if they were my weapons for defense. That's it for that one. Yeah. I hate ghost stories when the ghosts like only partially hide. Mm. <laughs> I don't know why. It just makes it creepier. <laughs> like, dang ghosts, you could go completely invisible if you want, but you're just going to have your creepy, dark, dangling hair exposed. Ugh. Well, if I'm honest, I don't know that I count this as a ghost story. That, that one? one you just read? Yeah. He yeah. says white human-like figure. Given all the similarities I'm drawing between this and Skinwalker Ranch. Skinwalker. Obviously, I believe this is maybe like more like Alien mm. or something weirder than just this. Weirder than a spirit that <laughs> hasn't left the earth. Yeah. Why would he do that? Why would he say human-like but not define how it was and wasn't human-like? Yeah, I don't know. Ugh, frustrating. He does defend this experience as a true story in the comments. Yeah. There are people saying, shouldn't this go into r slash fiction? Ouch. Oh, and he says, Reddit's brutal. No, this is a true story. I experienced this. Crazy. Wait, wait. This was what Reddit again? Ghosts. Ghosts. <laughs> Why are they calling, calling random commenters out? No, this one sounds fake. Bro. The moderators, maybe the know. whole sub Reddit. Or maybe, is that what's called subreddit? Right? Sub, yeah. Maybe the whole oh, sub so. is just for true ghost stories. Yeah, it is. That's the yeah. point of this particular okay. subreddit. So that's why they're calling it out, because they're trying to like preserve credibility in their subreddit. I suppose so, yeah. All right. I, that's just dumb, though. If someone's posting there, the assumption should be, this is a true, and it's not like someone calls you out, you're going to be like, oh, you got me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pulling my comment. Yeah. Don't worry about it. Anyway, 
The next story comes from the National Park subreddit. Not parks. Mm. National Park subreddit. Hint. The post is called <laughs> Canyonlands Weird Remote Camping Experience. My partner and I were out in a remote part of Canyonlands, camping far away from anyone, and we randomly woke up from deep REM at 3 a.m. We weren't drunk or high or on any other drugs. <laughs> yeah, real, real reassuring, right? For real. Sorry, real quick. The first story was 4 a.m.? Yes. Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay, go on. When we woke up, we started talking, and then about 15 minutes later, we both started to feel anxious, which lasted about an hour. We lay there trying to relax and go back to sleep, and after a while, we do. Then the next day, on the way home, I admitted to him the reason I was anxious and couldn't relax was because I could sense something or someone was outside our tent. I was convinced there was a person outside at the foot of our tent, like a presence waiting for us to wake up and come out. Like someone that wanted to harm us. My boyfriend admitted he felt the exact same thing. Like a dark energy, and I said yes, exactly. Like a dark spirit. I admitted that I wasn't just anxious, I was terrified. I was scared stiff, but in that moment didn't want to tell him because I knew he would be paranoid. And he said the same thing, that he also didn't want to tell me because he knew I wouldn't be able to go back to sleep. It was such a strong feeling of a presence that I was waiting for something to start opening the tent and try to crawl in, or for someone to be waiting outside our tent trying to get our attention. So we're convinced it was some sort of bad or negative spirit, but we can't put our finger on it. Freaking terrifying. And it wasn't just paranoia of being out there alone. We have backpacked or camped in remote areas and felt safe. It was a true fear where your hackles are up and your body goes into fight or flight mode. I have totally had those feelings camping. Hmm. Where you just wake up suddenly. Yeah, no, I have to. And it's almost like I you can sense that something's like breathing. Like like you can sense the the life, like the force. Uh-huh. Something right outside your tent. Yeah. Like you won't even breathe because you're just concentrating so hard. Ugh. So I've been listening to a podcast. It's a 13, 14 part uh, series this woman telling about her experience in college having stayed in a haunted house she and her friends were renting it out okay and 3 a.m specifically is when she or one of her roommates were constantly being woken up and so she brought on like a demonologist hmm. um i mean she does multiple times throughout this series you know and has him talk about different things. Apparently 3 a.m. is like the witching hour. Hmm. And you can pull or edit this out or whatever (laughs) if you want. Supposedly, general Christianity, I guess, believes that Christ died at 3 p.m. P.m.? P.m. P.m.? Okay. So 3 a.m. is the inverse. 
Got it. So that's when, to, to make a larger mockery of him, that's when evil spirits really like to play. Huh. Yeah, strange. And huh. then is it relative to each individual's time zone? <laughs> Right. Well, I'd say I yes. mean, it must. It must be. <laughs> Why is it just symbolism at that point? Do they observe Arizona's lack of <laughs> daylight savings? Since it's to mess with the people experiencing it, I would say it's all yeah. relative. Yeah. <laughs> so wily demons. <laughs> they gotta stay up on that crap as much as we do. Yeah. <laughs> they have a news feed just for like things <laughs> to mess mess with humans. With. So that's why the other story was 4 a.m. It was like off of, what's it called? Yeah, daylight daylight savings or something. <laughs> but but that last story, like I I completely, I can I can imagine that scene perfectly. I think I felt maybe not the exact same, but mm, sure. definitely experienced similar. What I, I find interesting I about it is that they posted it in National Park. You know. Not a ghost story Reddit, yeah, yeah. or well, or anything else like that. That makes me feel like they're not trying to convince people of a ghost story. You right, know, they're just reporting. We had the freakiest experience at this park. Could be a, well, heck, I don't, I don't know what kind of large apex predators live. Coyotes, down. yeah, uh, yeah, probably it's just pretty coyotes, much just coyotes. Huh? I've looked not into even it. wolves. It's coyotes. Yeah, okay. But also, they both woke up at yeah. three a.m. That was weird. It's a weird thing. Yeah, I agree. Okay. Ready for the last one? I think so far you're um, establishing the need for us to go camping at Canyonlands. <laughs> but yeah, I was hoping ahead. you'd say that. <laughs> <laughs> I've already got a site booked. <laughs> so the next story was posted yesterday. Fucking need to dim the lights. <laughs> yes. Oh, no. Smart. Stupid bulbs. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, that's nice. Alex just reduced our visibility by like 10 dB. <laughs> dB. <laughs> yeah, lights and decibels. I think they're, well, lumens. Lumens, yeah. <laughs> I was going to say candles, but that's yeah, not old. anymore. <laughs> Josh, that's I me. think you will find a particular moment to be at least slightly reminiscent of a story you shared on the podcast. Foo Fighters. I knew it. No, not that one. Not Foo Fighters. <laughs> Slenderman. This comes from I just got the Truth chill. Is Here subreddit. And the post is called Weird Experience in Canyonlands at Night. He says, this happened only a week ago. So by our reckoning, a week and a day ago. My girlfriend and I were visiting the Arches and Canyonlands area for the weekend and ended up heading out pretty late from Moab to get into Canyonlands, about 45 minutes to an hour drive. A few years previous, I'd gone there myself and stayed until the moon rose, because that meant people were leaving, and as a field recordist, that meant a quiet environment to record in. That night in 2020, the moon was bright 
and there were a few night photographers there I ended up hanging out with. And it was generally a surreal experience, and I felt completely safe. Hoping to have a similar time again with my girlfriend along for the ride, and forgetting the fact that maybe the clouds would largely block moonlight that night, I drove us up. It was pretty dark before we even made it to 15 minutes along the drive there. Having been there, more specifically Mesa Arch, twice before, and this being a borderline spiritual place for me, I didn't even think about danger or anything of the sort. Despite that, I had a sixth sense type of gut feeling pretty early on that we shouldn't head up there that night. Not wanting to freak myself out, or my girlfriend, I didn't say anything or think much of it, <laughs> and chalked it up to just being nervous because it was dark. Great move. Yeah. <laughs> there was a certain vibe along the roads leading up, and we noticed there were people leaving the park, but no one coming in ahead of us or behind us. The instinct to not continue hit me subtly a few more times, and I kept pushing it away like an idiot. I've been very familiar with these instincts over the past years, and they've served me well, as far as I can tell. I think I genuinely thought I was just scared because it was dark. We ended up at the Mesa Arch parking lot, where two cars were packing up and heading out. When they left, it was almost completely dark, with only the faintest glow of moon through the clouds and not a person around anywhere near us. Canyonlands is pretty remote. Yeah. We get our backpacks on, grab a couple things, and my girlfriend makes sure I've got my CCW, or concealed carry weapon. She doesn't usually care much, so this struck me as indication she was maybe concerned too. We start heading up. It's a pretty short trail, maybe a quarter mile. All we wanted to do was get to this little bowl-like area, the main destination, and hang out and record some sounds. The area is pretty open, with trees both live and dead scattered around, bushes and small cacti, and rocky slopes that can be climbed in a few seconds. It's a pretty dope scene in daytime. I've never felt uneasy here previously. We'd been doing a bit of a travel vlog so far, so I continued doing that. I genuinely get goosebumps and chills every single time I think about this part. It was the weirdest feeling I've ever felt. I've felt instinctual, I should get out of here, I'm being watched, etc. type of feelings before, and have several stories to tell from those, but I've never felt what I felt while vlogging. As I'm vlogging, I felt something I can only describe as a need to show that I was there peacefully and with respectful intent. I didn't hear anything or see anything that would indicate that I needed to show I was here on peaceful business, but I felt it so strongly. Again, I didn't want to scare my girlfriend, so I didn't say this. I figured I was just feeling on edge being in near complete darkness. We could barely see our own feet on the easy open trail. We'd kept our lamps off to let our eyes adjust to the glow, 
but I turned mine on to read a plaque. My girlfriend mentioned I should probably turn it off so I don't create shadows and freak us out, so I turned it back off. I also felt like I was spotlighting myself by having it on, and I was about to turn it back off before she said that. We continued, and the uneasiness only grew. This lasted until we both reached the same exact spot on the trail and stopped at the same time in silence. I think we should go back, my girlfriend said, and I agreed. Never have I felt a stronger feeling of being unwelcome in a place. It felt like we hit a barrier. Not only did I feel unwelcome, it was more particularly the feeling of intruding on a congregation or meeting or gathering that we were not invited to. That's weird. I don't know how to describe this feeling at all besides that. And it was not a conscious thought. It was just there, as these kinds of instincts tend to be. At that point, I realized I'd been ignoring these feelings long enough, and it was most certainly time to go. I have no idea what was going on in that little bowl we were about to reach, but I did not want to find out. We made our way quickly back to the car. As soon as we get back, we hear a large pack of coyotes quite nearby, but in the opposite direction we'd been heading on the trail. If we'd continued on that trail, it was not coyotes we would have run into. Still, this felt like an additional cue to leave, and my girlfriend said, that's our cue. I badly wanted to record their yips, but common sense took over and we got the heck out of there. The road, completely devoid of any sign of other people, was particularly eerie. Driving back wasn't just trying to get back to our campsite in Moab, It felt like we were escaping, like when you turn off the lights and run up the stairs. (laughs) Now relatively safe in our car, we discussed what had just happened. Every single unspoken, strong gut feeling I had had, my girlfriend had felt the exact same things at the same times. Both felt the need to show some things, some ones, that we meant no harm by vlogging and being chill outwardly. Both felt multiple times, both on the drive there and on the trail, that we shouldn't go. Both felt at the same times that we were like actors on a stage being watched by a multitude of something. Both felt unwelcome, like we were crashing a party. Both felt that we needed to go at the same exact point on the trail. None of these were spoken aloud to each other at any point until we were back on the road GTFOing. As we drove, the moon became visible for a bit. I'm not familiar with moon stuff, but it had been a full moon a few days before, and that night it was large, not full though, and red. This was because of the red sand in the air from the windy day we'd had, I think. But my girlfriend said that also meant bad juju. Looking into the history of the region and even stories of strange happenings at Mesa Arch, I am sure we avoided something strange and or dangerous.
So, another brother excursion? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, The stories always lead me wanting to know what would they have found? Yep. If they made it to the bowl, what would it have been? Yeah, so much of these, like, paranormal encounters, I guess. They're obviously still okay because they're tell like, there's no never, like, real life-threatening harm done to people, sure. I think. If they're able to report the story, then right. they're fine. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. So, you just got to drive on, bye. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I don't know. It's pretty unnerving because, like, what is it? Call it instincts. I don't think instincts yeah. explains it. I don't think instincts explains it because it's almost like, so do we have like a sensor in our biology that can tell the future? Uh, I think that would be hard to prove. <laughs> so, I mean, like, what is it? I've I looked into fear a little bit when I was thinking this was going to take a different route. I was going to talk about that fear that they were feeling, that sudden we cannot take another step. We need to leave right now kind of fear. Right. We're born with two fears. Everything else is learned. And those fears are loud noises and falling. Hmm. Every human being is born with those two fears only, according to the research. So... I I don't know how you explain those feelings. Yeah. But like everyone here, have you everyone here? We went live this time. This is a live recording in front of our audience. Um but have so have Thanks each for of coming, you, Dad. <laughs> have each of you experienced a moment when for no observable reason you're just on edge yes and you stop and you assess so when i was going to take this segment into the let's explore this kind of fear kind of thing i was going to ask you guys to bring this kind of story with you if you have it right i'm going to tell a story of my own but my story is not a really interesting story as far as like halloween time scary stories go I was in Italy. I was on my bike, riding with my companion somewhere. We were totally normal, totally normal day. I just suddenly, I stopped, just like they did, and said, Elder, we need to go to the church right now. We just need to get off the street. We need to go to the church. So we rode to our local meeting house, which used to be a drawing school, apparently. Mm. It was just a oh, yeah. part of a long stretch of interconnected buildings. And we just stayed there for a couple hours until the feeling was gone. Huh. I have no idea what that was about. Right. But like, it was just a day in Italy like any other day. I wasn't out in the middle of nowhere. There were no coyotes <laughs> around me. I can't explain it. But 
we need, I just knew we needed to get off the street. I don't know. I don't know if I've really had a, a real one, real experience like that. Outside of just, <laughs> like the last story said, running back to the room after watching a scary movie, mm, that kind right. of thing. Yeah. Maybe sometimes in the canyon where we know there are cougars. I'm just being a little more paranoid or cautious, but I've never like, I don't know if I've actually stopped and changed course because of that feeling. Hmm. This is why I wish we had socials up and running. <laughs> that was like podcast. Really, yeah, yeah. I'd really like to know how many, and like the yeses and the nos. Like Jacob, like we that's have a, a way data to, point. We have yeah. a way to be reached on our website, right? We have a contact Email. form. Okay, yeah. 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 Okay, people listening, we we know there are some of you out there. <laughs> Please go to the website, anotherbrotherpodcast.com and let us know if you've had any experiences like this. Like, Grandma, were you out in your backyard pouring <laughs> salt on the slugs in your yard and then just stopped, turned heel, and went back inside? Or did you not stop and then <laughs> you got slimed or something? <laughs> you know, yeah, I'm just, I'm super curious because I think my prevailing concept is, you know, like, from a Christian centric viewpoint perspective, yeah. Holy Spirit, yeah, right, or you know, some guardian angel type event where you're being protected, right? But I don't know. I don't know if that explains. I mean, I don't know either. I think the majority of people have had experience like this. Some of them have probably forgotten. Like, heck, I, I could be in that boat. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I bet most people have had some kind of experience like that yeah um but i mean i i think there could still be biological reasons um something that your subconscious is picking up yeah yeah exactly like fish have electric sensors right they they can know through the water electric currents um although actually don't quote me on that it's usually sharks I hear about that yeah, have that true. sensor and they hunt with it. Yep. Um, <laughs> but still, I think I, I think it's completely reasonable to believe that mammals, specifically Homo sapiens, could have some kind of senses that allow us to detect yeah. d- general danger or threat. And maybe, I mean, like we have like, Every human is is a symbiote with it's like millions or billions of bacteria that live on your skin inside your body. Uh-huh. And in fact, like the uh, the bacteria covering your skin respirate and they create a layer of, of course they do. Yeah, yeah. right. Cre- yeah, yes. They create a, a a layer of air, rare, like rarefied air, immediately around your entire body. Huh. And some people believe this is how you can sense auras oh, because based on the bacteria's interaction with your cells, like your skin cells and the chemicals that it's. And just like the health of your gut biome, you can tell something mm. about the, a person's health more yeah. or less. Their mental state, whatever and, it is. And health affects mood oh, and absolutely. mental state. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. So, I mean, mm. maybe some, maybe these bacteria have an electric impulse sensing thing built into that and it, 
you're the host. It does. It needs you to survive. So it somehow maybe signals you through its. Yeah, I don't know. But uh, but going back to like my Slenderman story, <laughs> I just it like freeze it freezes you. You stop. You accept the message. You look where you feel this source of energy coming from. And then the door opens and then the thing comes out. Exactly. How could bacteria or any part of you have any clue that that thing was about to come out of that door? Yeah. And so then, and then I hear stories like this one, how, how, how ahead of, how ahead in the future were they mm-hmm. at this point in time? And then not to mention all of the like warnings they did not heed uh-huh. as it progressed. Like, uh, it's really fascinating to me. Yeah. I mean, animals can like sense natural disaster, earthquakes, giant storms, tornadoes, those kind of things. That's obviously a different type of thing there, right? But I don't I, I still think there's something. I'm not gonna steer away from the whole guardian angel, uh you know, holy spirit protecting you, but I still think evolutionarily they're they're things hanging around that help us sense out danger threats yeah well we are all massive meat machines with deep learning AI <laughs> <laughs> brains you know our our camera vision and our Ugh. everything um certainly i mean have, i don't want to get into it but if you like if you ever study like how your brain processes images and light and then like our frame per second perception oh. of the brain and how how that all works. It's just like there's so much data yeah. coming into a human being. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure I'm sure there's a bunch of stuff that you you're just not aware of and subconsciously like your brain doesn't have the time to like ping you, be like, hey, notice this right now. But the rest of your system is where hackles rays and yeah 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 well brothers this is the end of season one of our little experiment because we've (laughs) never done this before it's a pretty big experiment it was big yeah we stuck with this for a lot of time we've done some gangbuster stuff in here we're we're normally dreamers we don't usually follow through hey that's true we we did this one did but we're going to take a little break. We're going to take a couple month-long break, regroup, come back with a new and improved, basically the same, but a little better <laughs> version of this podcast. More, uh, yeah, I think I think it's, it's healthy. We're going back to the roots of why we're doing this. Uh, part of what we want to do is engage with our brothers, engage with our community, and hopefully get some interaction with you all through some social media and really really create an easy way for us to to see your thoughts on these subjects. Hopefully. Yeah. So stick around. You might you might see an announcement or two within that hiatus. We hope. We'll see. You'll see. 
in worst case scenario, I'll create some AI uh, personas <laughs> to like <laughs> to I give know. us a sense of community engagement. <laughs> hey, I hear there's. Never mind. I'm not gonna make a no Don't Russia oh. uh, bot farm joke. Hire, <laughs> hire a bot Never farm. Mind. But in the meantime, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And happy Halloween. Check out our website for all your merch and uh, other brother goodness at anotherbrotherpodcast.com. You should be able to find our socials there soon. Woo! <laughs>